Well, Britt, um, I've asked Britt to come and to share with us today on Father's Day, and the title of, of the message today is A Father's Perspective. And yours is a very unique perspective because of the journey that you are on. And so, Britt, would you maybe just for a moment, and we've got people watching online, so we want to make sure that we acknowledge them and we want to thank them for watching. And maybe you can uh, introduce your family to the church and then oh, tell us a little bit about what you, what you do for a living. Okay. Well, uh, I, my, my wife, Brenda, is sitting right in the front here. She's my everything. She has taken such good care of me through this whole thing. She's my caregiver. She's been at my side constantly, and I can't thank her enough. Did so, I have... so before you do, can I just <laughs> say, is it true that there was a bet going on that there's no way that you could ever get a girl like that? It wasn't really a bet. I was, I was telling some friends about the blessings that come along with cancer. And I said, it's not all just bad stuff. There's a lot of good stuff that goes on. And I started launching into some of the things, you know, being close to my friends and and, getting, and he stopped and said, oh, he said, wait, 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 before you go any farther, number one on your list has got to be your wife. He said, there's, he said, there's none of us that thought you had a shot at her. <laughs> and the fact that you end up with her is the biggest blessing you got. There I, you I, go. There I, you go. I, I will concede that, you yeah. You proved me wrong. All right. Yeah. So what about the rest of your family? Well, I have two daughters, two grown daughters. Uh, one uh, lives in Encinitas, California, and she is married to a young man that I consider to be like a son, a blood relative son, love the boy. And uh, they have three of the most wonderful grandchildren that a grandfather could ever want. And uh, so I unfortunately don't get to spend as much time as I would like with them. But then I have another daughter that's in Minneapolis. She's a physician assistant at Minneapolis Heart Institute. And uh, those are my, that's my crew. All right. So were you impressed this morning when you drove up and you saw the sign out there said reserved yeah. for Britt Fulmer, right? I you know, see that very often, you know. I know, it, it, I know. It, you know Britt Park in back someplace. No, yeah, but. yeah. So I wanted to, to share before we get into our story. So one of the things that we've talked about a lot is that there was a time when the radio station here in Wichita was, um, it was an April Fool's joke, is that April right? April Fool's joke, yeah. Yeah, and so tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I, I played in bands for a number of years, rock and roll bands. And in one of the bands, I played, I, I, we did a Beatles cover deal. And I was Paul, you know, I played bass guitar. And, uh, and a DJ at a local radio station said, hey, Britt, we play a joke on our, our listeners every April Fool's. Why don't you come and do five minutes Paul McCartney? I said, great, that'll be fun. So I came in and uh, his co-host interviewed me. And then we went to commercial. He looked at the switchboard. It was all lit up. And he said, can you stick around? I said, yeah. He said, all these people want to speak to Paul McCartney. So we did an hour and a half extra live. I did, as Paul, taking questions from people. Sadly, I say sad, I'm such a big fan. I knew all the answers. I wasn't stumped on anything. I, mean, I just, you know, I just kind of went around. And, and, uh, and finally, we ended up by saying, I said, you know, I sure enjoyed being here in Wichita with you, but I got to be on my way. This last song is particularly, has particular significance, and that was written by my old mate, George, God rest his soul. And it's entitled, Do You Want to Know a Secret? Then they played Do You Want to Know a Secret, and the DJ came on and said, oh, folks, uh, April Fools, that's Britt Fulmer. That's not Paul McCartney. And, uh, you know, and he started talking about that. Meanwhile, I'm dressed similarly to this, and I just walked through the recording area into the studio, and, and into the waiting area, 
and the place was jam-packed with people with <laughs> album covers and <laughs> posters and sweatshirts of Beatles stuff and all, you know. Pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> well, Britt, I know that one of the things that I've always teased you as you're the best-dressed man in Wichita. Well, thank you. Tell, I tell them why, though. Well, I, for, for 44 years, I owned Gentry Limited Menswear. And I'm in business, and it was... Talk about blessings. I'll get into that a little later. But I mean, it's just, it was fabulous. My passion, my hobby, I love, I've always loved clothes. And I uh, didn't know if I could make a living doing it. But it's turned out to be a fabulous vocation for me. And, and uh, sold a business almost three years ago now. Wow. And uh, so, I, again, it's a way, I, I did, it's a way, you know, the Lord had a way of looking and realizing what I had coming. And so he said, we really need to move some of this stuff out. This could be a little heavy. And so he brought along a buyer who has been wonderful, and, uh, and I was able to sell out. Yeah. And within about a year and a half, I got my diagnosis. If I'd had this diagnosis and COVID would have come along, it had just been yeah. going out of business on the yeah. door. Instead, we got a pro- the business thrives and continues to do well, right. and so it's been good. Right. So it's Father's Day. Yes. And, you know, you and I, we had a, we've had a couple conversations about preparing for this, and Maybe you want to just share a little bit about, you know, what your dad was like and oh what you've learned from your dad and, and what you think that a father should be like. My father was a, a remarkable man. He, he, uh, he grew up during the Depression. He was born in 1923, destitute poor in South Carolina. And his father left his family when he was eight. And so he grew up with, 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 with relatives and stuff and just kind of gotten cast around a bit. But uh, he was the most wonderful father that he really took an interest in me. And I'm amazed in talking to friends who I heard tell me that they never heard their father tell them that they loved him. And my dad always told me that he loved me. He said, you know, he, I said, I care about you, son. That's why I want you to do this. I'll never forget, I got to share a quick, quick story. When I was young, I used to get in trouble on occasion. Hard to imagine, I know. <laughs> but uh, I would... I'd get several warnings, and finally he'd say, son, this is the last time you do it again, you're going to get a whipping. Invariably, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, I'd end up with a whipping. I'd go off to my room sobbing, oh, I just said my daddy. And after about, my mom would let me cry it out for a while. And then finally she comes to get me, she'd say, your father wants to speak to you. I said, I don't want to talk to him. Finally she'd drag me out, and he'd say, son, sit up here, sit on my lap. He said, I want you to know, I don't do this because I want to hurt you. I do it because I love you. I want to see you grow up. There, there are rules and there, there, there are laws you have to follow in this world. And if you don't learn to follow them, the, pen- the penalty is severe. So I don't do it to hurt you. I do it because I care about you. And, oh, such a difference it makes. So I encourage all the fathers here. It's critical that your children, that your wife, that your friends know how much you love them. You know, because we, we go through this life and we get so wrapped up in things and little things that we tend to focus on are negative or bad or that really. The, oh, yeah, he shouldn't have been doing that. I told him not to do that. I warned him he had to come. Instead, he said, no, I got to teach him. I got, I got an opportunity here to show him the right way. And uh, that's, that's what I would recommend strongly for all the fathers. Thank you. So, Britt, a little over a year ago, your, your life kind of <laughs> took a little bit of a turn that nobody expected. So maybe you can share with us a little bit about that journey and where you are right now. Yeah. I went uh, in early April, uh, like the 3rd or 4th of February, I can't remember now, last April for a routine, what I thought would be a routine colonoscopy. 
was anything but routine. I got out of the, uh, after the anesthesia wore off, Brenda was sitting there with me. She said, well, they found a couple of polyps and there's another spot they need to talk to you about. So we went into the, to the uh, uh, doctor's uh, office two days later, having lined up with a rectal surgeon. And he said, Britt, uh, you know, I, I, before he said anything, actually, he, I'd been in for an examination. And these examinations are rather not so fun. You know, you're laying on your side, and I'm looking at a television screen. And he's got this little probe up there, and he's looking around, you know, and finally he slides it down and stops. And I said, doctor, I'm not a physician. I saw clothes for a living. But I can look at that and tell you, I know that's not supposed to be there. He said, that's it. He said, it's a cancer. You have cancer. And we all wonder what we do. I mean, everybody's thought about, oh, God, what would I do? I went to see my doctor. He said, you got cancer. I think, oh. And uh, I remember my first response was just, well, what are we going to do about it? How do we attack it? Where do we go from here? And he kind of laid out a plan. And uh, I can honestly tell you from that time forward, I have felt no fear whatsoever. None. And uh, so we charted out our plan. Since that time, uh, I've had uh, two surgeries. The, 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 unfortunately, the, the tumor in my, in my uh, rectum spread to my uh, liver. I had a spot in my liver. A little spot very close to a, a, a critical vein that runs up to your heart. And I was done robotic. The surgeries were done robotically. And I, I subsequently found out that if, they, if he'd happened to have nicked that vein, there's nothing they could have done about it. I'd have been, I'd have been gone. I'd have been dead. By the grace of God, he didn't. And I got out, felt fine. Two months later, the other surgeon went into the surgery on my colon and my rectum, removed a 10-inch portion of that. And uh, subsequent to that, I had another round of chemotherapy. And then I had the scans. And in uh, one of the scans, it turned up that the cancer was back. Didn't, didn't stay away long. And it was in my liver. There was nothing in my rectum. Is in my liver, on both sides of my liver, which is not a good thing. Your, your, your liver is one of two organs in your body that can regenerate itself. Your liver and your skin are the only two. So anyway, make a long story short, I, we, we had a second visit, uh, a second uh, uh, consult at the Mayo Clinic. Doctor just said, there's nothing we can do for you. Then we went later to MD Anderson down at Houston. Doctors were wonderful all there, but the doctor said, you know, we don't have any, there's no special trials or tests going on right now. There's not a whole lot in the pipeline. Keep doing what you're doing. Your doctor's got you in the right chemotherapy. And let's see if we get those tumors reduced. And uh, so anyway, I, I, I am where I am today. Uh, the tumors have not reduced. Uh, they're still there. I know that with a snap of his fingers or a blink of his eyes, the Lord can heal me and he may choose to do so. But he may choose not to. Either way, it's okay. So when we were sitting at the table yeah. in, your, in your store and we were talking, and one of the things, Britt, that when people go through things like this, you know, suffering, and I mean, it hasn't been a cakewalk no, by, no. by no means. But the first thing that a lot of times people ask is, you know, why me? And your response to that was completely different. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Well, basically, it's why not me? I've lived this charmed life. Folks, I got to tell you, I've been so blessed all of my life. I, I look through my life. And if you, if you string it out on a, on a linear scale, 
being born to loving parents, getting a great education, meeting the girl of my dreams. I got two beautiful daughters. I have three fabulous grandchildren. I worked in an, I can't even call it an occupation. I did what I loved, my passion, my clothing passion for 44 years. Enjoyed every bit of it. And so to go all this, all this way and to get to here and have a little rough patch is just, it's not, a, it's not a big deal. God blessed from here through here, 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 here. Why would he stop here? Only reason I know is that there's more I need to learn. He wants to teach me something else. He wants to go deeper, and he has. And that has been the big benefit of that is the depth of understanding that's come through this, through this cancer. I mean, you, you, you get a cancer diagnosis, and you have two choices. You can either call up, curl up in a ball, and cry in your room and never come out and not tell anybody about it. I just, oh, I just want to, I don't want to talk about it. Or you can say, you know what? This is, this is part of life. Because in spite of the fact, people call it, refer to it as death when, we, when our, our heart stops beating. This physical body was not designed to be, to live for eternity that we're holding right now. God's got a new one for us waiting. Brand new one. I hope we made some improvements in the <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he has, a, different, he has a, a, a heavenly body for us. And we have an eternity of life that goes on beyond us in paradise, in heaven no less. I mean, what, so, so we go all along here, we get to here, it's a little rough. And then after that, this goes away. But your spirit and your soul live for eternity, forever. They'll never die. So you're never going to die. If you know, well, if you know Jesus or not know Jesus, you're never going to die. So the point becomes, if in fact there's nothing to worry about after this, after this suffering, if it allows me to go deeper into my faith, into my strength, into understanding all the many blessings and giving thanks finally, in many cases, for all the different blessings I've had, then how can that be bad? It just didn't. Yeah. And I know that if it is God's will that this life expires, I still have nothing to worry about. So, Britt, with where you are right now and the prognosis where the doctor said there's really nothing that we can do. Yeah. So, Britt, how have you seen God show up in this journey that you've been on that you did not choose, but how has God shown up? Well... It's been remarkable. And, and, and the biggest way that I, that I can think of, Pastor Bob, is uh, in peace, in the peace that he's given me. When you, like I said, from the first time I got the diagnosis, I had no fears. But as we were waiting to go into the operating room for my first surgery, I was cutting up with the nurses and stuff. I didn't have, my hands were perfectly dry, warm. I felt, I had no, I, I had, I had no fear. Same thing with the second surgery. And all the different things that have happened, there's just, it's a complete lack of fear. And we've all read at some point, hopefully you've all read at some point, about the peace that passeth all understanding. And I wrestled with that over the years. I wonder well, what well, that's all about. And I can tell you something. When you're in a situation like I am, where you're facing and confronting the things I'm confronting, you realize that the peace that, are, that, that passes all understanding is when you know and when you can feel the presence of the Lord with you constantly. So you have no, what am I have to worry about? Yeah. He's right there. Yeah. You know, there, so there's, there's, no, there's no reason to be fearful. I have nothing to be afraid of. 
And I, I refer to it, I refer to it, and I, and I love when I can make, and I joke around with my, my buddy, Kent Cooper, said, I, I, I will be out, before I, I was on level of golf, we'd golf, and I'd hit a bad shot, so I said, it's, it's the cancer. He just go, oh, get out of here. That's the crazy. I'm not, I'm not buying that. <laughs> but, but whenever you can laugh in the face of death, because the, the adversary, the devil, the, devil, he, the, the last bullet in his gun is death. He can scare you with all different kinds of things, but the last bullet he's got is death. And when you can laugh in his face at death and say, you got nothing. And that gun becomes like a, a squirt gun. It's just, there's just nothing to it because there's no power there. And so uh, to me, that's been the thing. I, I, cho I choose, I, 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 I've moved my physical body over here and my, my spiritual and my soul over here. And what they do to this, they poke it, prod it, cut it. That's just part of the process. I don't choose to focus on that. It's going to happen. But over here is where I put my focus. And my focus is my joy. It's looking out at you, this, this wonderful congregation. Look at my wife and my friends and, and all the people I've been blessed to know over the, all the years I've been in business. I've met thousands of people through my business that I always considered to be friends more than I did really customers even. They, they, were, they were friends of mine. And I love seeing them. I love being with them. And I love knowing about their family, what's going on in their life. And it's love that's the attraction that draws people to the Lord, yep. you know? Yep. And, and, and without that, you know, we're just like the rest of the world. It's all about me, it's all about yep. me, it's all about me. You know, Britt, there have been people praying for you literally oh, all God. over the world. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, that's the body of Christ. Oh my goodness. And so how have you felt that? How has that impacted you? And even, I've heard you say before, physically, you can, you can feel Absolutely. the prayers of the body of Christ. Absolutely. The biggest thing I would say is that I feel like, because uh, when you have cancer and are in, you know, uh, dire straits, it could be anything, by the way. It doesn't have to just be cancer. I know some of you, everybody here has something that they're dealing with. We all do. It's just it's the human condition. It could be another type of disease. It could be a family issue. Uh, it could be, uh, it could be an issue at work, job. But you you, you have to find a place that you can center on that gives you the strength to get through it. And that's really, that's really where I've been. Yep. So um, one of the things that you're doing here is you are giving a gift to your family, oh. to your friends, and that gift is the gift of knowing. Yes. The gift of knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt. Right where you will be. No question. And that's the thing. That's what it's really all about. You know, I talk about, you, you can, so many people will say, well, I come to church every Sunday, do my deal there. There are a lot of people that, 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 that get baptized and that go through the, the emotions and they feel like, all right, I did my job. I'm done with that. But they are, they are slow to commit to, to the whole thing. And they miss out on the blessings on the backside of this, which is the peace, which is the relationship with your friends, which is the appreciation of everything that you've been blessed with all over the course of your life that you may have forgotten about. They forget about that. They go back to live in their world. And it's not to say they don't have eternal salvation because if they confess that Jesus is the Lord, their Lord and Christ, you do. 
but you miss out on so much in between. That's the sad part. That's more sad than anything because there's so many blessings on this earth that we have to enjoy and that you can enjoy if you have converted and given your life to Christ. You know, you have, as you said, a lot of friends yeah. um, here in Wichita. A lot of people come, and there are a lot of them who, who are not believers. But, Britt, everybody has said the one thing about you as they've watched you go through this is they can't understand how you can have the attitude that you have because this is pretty much, pretty much it. Yeah. Not to say there aren't those, those rough times, but your attitude is, so what, what's, your, what's your message to them? You know, uh, my message to them is there's just one way. I mean, I know that, that Jesus Christ took my sins on his back and he went to a horrible death for my sins and he arose and after three days and came back and said, I go to prepare a place for you now. I trust him. He's my savior. He's my God. Why would I not trust him? And so I would tell all of my friends that there's just, there, there's only one way. And everybody has, a, everybody has a, an empty space in their being that can only be filled by Christ. You can't, you can't fill any place. People try to do it through money and success or things, having things or whatever their, their God is. And you, you'll never find it there. There'll always still be that emptiness there. I have a dear friend that, uh, that told me one night to visit with him. He, he's a very successful physician. And he said, I just don't get it. He said, you know, I have all the, I've, I've attained more than I ever thought I could attain in this life. I have things. I have position at my work. I've been successful in everything I do. I make a lot of money. He said, but I just have this, this, this empty burning inside that I can't feel, and it's so frustrating to me. Oh, talk about a setup of the net, man. That was just, <laughs> I went up for the slam dunk on that one. <laughs> no, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't abrasive at all. But, uh, but that's, that's the main thing I would say, Pastor Bob. You just, there's, there's only one way. There's just only one way. And I would say this, too, that, that we need to all be better at loving everybody in spite of their differences with us. And if somebody says, you know, I just don't, I just can't make that move. Now, that's fine. I, I don't like, the, you, don't, you don't press people into making a decision for Christ. It's like, uh, we're, we're real big fans of the, of, the t of the series, The Chosen. And if you haven't watched that, you, I really strongly, strongly recommend it. But in the, the, the guy that's one of the authors of it made a comment that I thought was particularly heartfelt. He said, you know, our job as followers of Christ is to bring along the fish and the bread. The Holy Spirit convicts and makes believers out of people. So just because somebody may be, you don't want to put anybody off, but you want to be honest with them because it's, it's their eternity. But if they choose not to, then you don't, don't continue, continue loving them because that's what it's all about, loving one another. One of the things I know that you've talked about quite a bit is that how much you appreciate every day, every, oh, every minute that, yeah. that you're living right now. Yeah. And so, but what do you want to do with whatever time that the Lord gives you? What is it that you feeling his, he's wanting you to do? Well, I got to be very candid. I love this. I, I, uh, Pastor Bob and I talked about this three, four months ago. It's been a while ago now. He invited me to come and be here. And I've been looking forward to this the whole time. And I wake up every day and say, Lord, please keep me strong enough so I can do this. 
I so badly want to be with Central Community Church today. But I love doing this. This is, I, I really enjoy this. But I want to spend as much time as I can with my family. We're planning on going out, if I feel well enough, to, uh, with a, a good friend's going to take us out to visit my daughter and grandkids in San Diego uh, on Thursday for a few days. And, uh, and, uh, but by and large, I, I get up and, and live what I have to live that day, the good that I have to live that day. Whether it's sitting outside, if it ever cools off, I don't know. But you know, I will, I'll, I'll sit outside. I got these beautiful pots of flowers. I love to look at them. I love to just drink in all that's around me. Uh, I love, you know, Brendan and I spend so much time together. We FaceTime the kids a lot. And uh, just things that I'm able to do, what I'm able to do, I want to enjoy. And that's really, that's really what, I'm, what it's all about. You know, it's, 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 it's such an encouragement to listen to you, but we were, hard, we were, we were wondering if you were going to be here today. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, we taped this a week ago, didn't we? Yeah. Just to make sure that we had a backup <laughs> plan. But yeah. um, this past week, you had a rough week, I know. Yeah. But you were determined, and through all of the prayers from friends oh, and goodness. family, um, and here you are today. I know and that's, a, that's a good example of prayers and family where the prayers come in because I feel supported. I feel uplifted by all the prayers and support I've had. And it's been overwhelming, yeah. the support. Yeah. I can't thank my friends and all of that. So to your family and to your friends, so what would you like to say to them? First and foremost is I love them. And also that there is so much more that is beyond what we're living right now. And it really truly exists. It's not a fairy tale. It's the truth. There is more more than just this. And it's important that we adopt a heavenly perspective or an eternal perspective rather than just keeping focused on our earthly perspective. Our earthly perspective tells us we're going to focus on being successful, getting more stuff, uh, doing more things, you know. An eternal perspective realizes that we have this love that we need to share with our family, with our friends, and not just talk about it, but show them, tell them. You know, be just straight up with it. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. But I want to tell them, make sure more than anything, because we'll all be together sometime in this beautiful heaven that God has created for us. I want to see him there. And there's only one way. <laughs> there's only one way. And that's through Jesus Christ. The only way. Christ said, I am the way, the light, and the truth. And that's it. That's all there is. So without that, uh, if they don't have that, then I guess it's hostile at least to them. But uh, I want to I be, be with you. I want to be there with you. I want to see you. I want to have interaction with you every day. With you and I and Jesus having a cup of coffee in the morning. That's what I want. That's my prayer for them. One of my favorite passages in the scriptures is John 14, 1 through 6. And in that passage, Jesus says, trust in God, trust also in me. And then he begins, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back to take you so that you may be where I am. So when you think of heaven, when you think of what, what lies ahead, what goes through your mind? Oh, 
It's actually very exciting. There, there's a, a book called Heaven by a guy named Randy Alcorn. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he paints a picture of heaven, but it's not based on speculation. This is things, this is, and he, there's scripture quotes to back up, you know, his different comments that he makes. But it's fabulous. It's, it's, it's like this. We have, we have bodies. We have, we have new bodies. We're with in the presence of God constantly. But there's great food. There's friends that you'll recognize and get to spend time with. Uh, hopefully, uh, I can, you know, he'll make my new body a little faster, a little bit more vertical jump, perhaps. <laughs> just, just, just laying it out there. Like they'll play some basketball up there. But, uh, but that's, that's, that's what heaven is. And that's beautiful. It, it's, it couldn't get any better. Yeah. So what's the downside? What do I have to lose? Like a pretty good gig to me. Yeah, sure does. I want to say thank you for coming oh, and, and being with us I here today. Honored. Yeah, what a what a blessing it is. And in your words, you have not only a very special platform from the Lord, but the message that He has given you is coming through loud and clear. The Holy Spirit is using you in a mighty way, and and we we thank you so much for that. All praise to Him. That's right. So. So there may, there may be someone in here that maybe is teetering on that fence post or somebody who's watching online and they've heard about Jesus. Maybe they've been hurt by the church. Maybe you know, something has happened in their life yeah. that has made them angry at God. But yet when they hear you with where you are and the journey that you're on, talking about this Jesus like this loving friend, this loving Man. Savior, um, what, what would you want to say to them? Oh, I said, no, no, no better time than today. You got to do it. You got you to make the choice. You got to step in and give your all because that's, that's without that, there is no hope. You know, there, that's the only shot that you have. And the good news is this. It costs you nothing. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to, it, it, it's a free gift of grace from God. What beats that? I mean, you have nothing to lose and you have everything to gain. That's right. So we didn't do this in first service. Um, how would, if we would close, how would you like to lead us in a closing prayer? Oh, I'd love to. And, and maybe even for those who are wanting to make that decision, maybe you could lead them in that prayer. And so let's bow our heads. And for those of you who are watching online, I encourage you to bow your heads with us. And, and uh, as Britt prays, if you make that decision, um, let us know, because we want to know. We want to rejoice with you. And, and uh, so Britt, would you lead us in prayer? Be honored. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we are all so grateful, particularly me, I think, in this day, to be here in this body. I give you thanks for all the people that have come here that are striving and searching to know more about you, Lord, and deepen their faith to grow deeper in their love for you, Father. Lord, uh, this world, there are all kinds of blessings. There are, there are blessings that we recognize as good because we like what, the, what makes us feel. There are blessings that are difficult because they're painful. Nonetheless, they draw us closer to you, and that's what this is all about, Heavenly Father. So my prayer today, Father, for everybody here, is that they would choose to focus on that which is good in their life. That they wouldn't dwell on the negative, that they wouldn't dwell on the difficult part, 
but they would dwell on that which is good in their life, and no matter the circumstances, and give you praise in all instances, Lord. We're so grateful, Father, that you made the sacrifice that you made to be able to take our sins away, to ensure us an eternity with you in heaven, a gift that we could never, never begin to, for, to repay, but we're certainly grateful that you offered it out there to us. Lord, we give you thanks for this Father's Day. I, bless, I pray that you bless all the fathers that are with us today, Father. Help them to understand the important role that they play, not only with their children, but in their families and the communities around them, Father. And we pray that you give them that special gift of love for their children and let them make sure that they pass that along and that the kids never have any question that, that dad loves them. Lord, I give you thanks for all the many blessings, of which there are so many that can't be counted. And, and we just give you thanks for what the future holds for us. And we ask you to be with us now as we go our way. And if, you, if, you, if there's somebody out there that doesn't know Christ, that hasn't made that decision, been thinking about it, been pondering it, thought, well, I don't know, it could just be a bunch, it could be another religion, which it's not. It's all about a relationship. And Jesus wants to know you one-on-one. -on -one. And you can ensure your future for eternity right now, today. And all you got to say is a few words. You got to say, Lord... I'm a sinner. I've, 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 I've committed many sins. I don't deserve this, but I know that you love me. And going forward, I want you in my life. I want you to be my Savior. And uh, at that, he will gladly come. If you've prayed that prayer, then Jesus is, uh, you're a new person. The old is gone. Your sins are gone. 